The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. If you are watching on YouTube, it is Thursday, January the 13th. Happy 40th birthday to John Breach. Make sure and go tweet him if you're watching, at John Breach on Twitter. He's turned 40. He hasn't seen a Bengals playoff win since he was nine years old. Tough scene, man. If you're listening to the podcast, it's probably... He might. If you're listening to the podcast, stop the damn AirPod case, man. If you're listening to the podcast on... You know what? That got, that got a lot of play on Twitter, so I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> oh, my God. It's awful. Please, please. Uh, joining me to make expert picks for Super Wild Card Weekend, Pete Prisco and RJ White. What's up, boys? I took the week off. I rested my starters last week, and uh, so my replacements didn't play very well. So I got to get back on track now that it's playoff week. Only person with the winning. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. I'm glad they put the super in front of Wild Card Weekend, so now people will watch it. You know, nobody was paying attention to the NFL, but now they've upgraded it with Super Wild Card Weekend, and now people will start paying attention. I was, I was doing my show. I was doing my show with Tony Vasell the other day, and he called it Super Card Wild Weekend. I go, Ooh, you better watch out where you're going with that one, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you better be careful making fun of Super Wild Card Weekend. The way I understand it is. Uh, the powers that be will come down. And I guess I guess technically RJ's part of the powers that be now too. So I guess you can get away with it. But those of us uh, uh, worker bees are not allowed to question Super Wildcard Weekend. Maybe you, you, know, you the man. RJ's about? the man now. What's that? What are you talking about? You're supposed to. You're supposed to embrace it. CBS is embracing it. You're supposed to embrace it. Super Wildcard Weekend. I think it's crazy myself, but eh, what are you gonna do? Speaking of it. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking for my promo and I can't find it. This weekend, NFL Super Wild Card Weekend is on CBS featuring two can't-miss games Saturday night at 8 Eastern, of course, p.m. The Patriots and Bills renew their rivalry in primetime. Then on Sunday at 4.30 Eastern, two legendary teams take center stage when Jimmy G and the 49ers clash with Dak and the Cowboys. Super Wild Card Weekend, Saturday night and Sunday afternoon on CBS. Somebody told me that... um. They've been hearing my underdog ad everywhere. Like that they like the you know, like the playoff underdog commercial the ad read that I do. Apparently it's it's everywhere. It's big. It's blowing up. It's town's talking, Pete. Town is buzzing about it. Uh, well, the nation is talking about it, from what I understand. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button. If you happen to be listening on Spotify, they now have uh started doing ratings. So give us a five-star rating on Spotify. Of course, thank you to anyone listening or watching, regardless of what platform you're using. I was the only person above 500 last week, continuing my scorching hot streak to close the season. Is two, is two and two above 500? No. What was your record last week? I was four and three. Oh. Was RJ was two, oh, and two. RJ was two. Pete was two I and was four. I was in the toilet. I was in the yep. toilet. Uh... I think RJ won the yeah RJ won the regular season percentage wise. Pete had the most victories. RJ fifty eight and forty eight. Pete fifty nine and fifty four. Me fifty six and sixty two. 
stinky. The parlay lost Falcons. Ugh, Falcons were trash. Bucks and WFT. WFT was a stone cold lock. Easiest bet of the weekend. Let's get into some. Uh, you guys want to do some wild card picks? Let's go. No, want to do some super wild card picks? <laughs> yeah. Now, see, now you got me excited. I wasn't excited <laughs> before, but now you've got me excited. We'll start with a Saturday afternoon game. I mentioned John Breach and the Cincinnati Bengals, winless in the playoffs since 1991. They have gotten the best possible draw imaginable. They get the warm weather Raiders and Derek Carr. A really cool story, to be honest. Uh, headed to Cincinnati. This line opened at six. It has dropped down to five. We are picking it at five and a half. Raiders at the Bengals. Bengals minus five and a half. Over under 49. Pete, I know that you have been doing office hours, making calls, grinding on tape, and looking at the previous matchup between these two teams. What did you see? The Raiders' defensive line dominated them. Mm. They really did. And then that score isn't indicative of how much they dominated them. Uh, they didn't even – they blitzed twice in the game, and they pressured them on, I think, 20-something percent of the snaps. They, they got after them, and the tape showed it. Uh, now they have Isaiah Prince playing at right tackle with Reef out, and that's even more of a problem. So I think it's going to be imperative that Cincinnati runs the football, which I think they will do. Uh, I think they're going to control, try and control clock. Uh, the, on the flip side, you know, the Bengals' defensive line can get after the quarterback too, particularly off that right side, which is terrible. Uh, so look for uh, a big day from Hubbard, I think, maybe more so than Hendrickson. And I, I just think this is a game that's going to be a lower scoring game than people think. And I'm, I'm going to take the points because I think there's going to be a turnover or two to keep the Raiders within the number. So I think the Bengals win the game and move on, but I think the Raiders hang around in this one. The Bengals offense had 1,050 yards in their last two competitive games. That's more than Vegas had in any three-game stretch over the last six weeks. A Vegas offense averaged 16 points in five games prior to Sunday. Um, that's not going to cut it against Cincy if, if that's what they're scoring. Uh, the defense gave up at least 30 points five times in the second half of the season. Uh, their remarkable run to make the postseason that involved edging out several limited offenses, and the Bengals definitely do not have a limited offense. I know that that the matchups probably favor the Raiders, considering they don't need to blitz here, and the defense did well against Cincy in the first game, despite the score, like you said. I think the Bengals controlled that game regardless. They were going to win that game. They just weren't going to win it by a blowout, and that's what the final score um, indicated. Uh, this line is coming down. I was leaning toward the Bengals. I was going to make the Bengals the best bet. Since it's coming down, the Sharps seem to be on the Raiders. I'm just making it a lead on the Bengals. If it gets any lower, I see some four-and-a-halves out there. Then I would be looking to play the Bengals at four-and-a-half. Yeah, I like the Bengals here, and I, I get it. The Raiders kept it close before Max Crosby. Incredible game against Storm Norton. I mean, just a bullying of uh, Norton over there on the right side against the Chargers, and if he does that against the Bengals, it will make life tough for Joe Burrow. However, I tend to think that the Bengals have a pretty massive advantage when it comes to the, the weather here. I mean, Derek Carr maybe has covered or won his last two starts, but generally, like, he is not good in, in cold weather. I mean, he just – doesn't play in cold weather. You know, he from went to Fresno State, from California, plays for the Raiders, doesn't see a lot of cold weather. It's going to be really cold, potential snow, nasty weather in, in, in Cincinnati. And Joe Burrow's from Ohio. He's used to this. He's He is uh, a, he is a, you know, cold weather. He's, he's fine with cold weather. And more importantly, he freaking loves big games. 
This guy just dominates when it's when it's clutch time. He had 950 passing yards, 12 touchdowns, zero picks, two rushing touchdowns in two college football playoff games. I know it's not the same as an NFL playoff game, but Derek Carr's new to this too. So I, I can't, you know, I, I'm not worried particularly about how the pressure might affect Joe Burrow. I think it's more likely to affect uh, Derek Carr. And, you know, as RJ said, they haven't, oh, no, no snow anymore in the forecast. Thank you, Mel, um, in the YouTube chat. Just cold. Still. Cold Cincinnati in in the you know, middle of January. Not ideal for Derek Carr. I'm going to make the Bengals the best bet here. Uh, I'm tempted. I know you got that up, Debo. What is the um? What's the go to the home uh, tab, please, if you will, and just see what the uh, see Should what the 20, uh, twenty-seven and a half, I believe. Twenty-seven and a half for the Bengals. Yeah, I was looking at it earlier for props. I, I when I put my props article in for Sportsline, I said uh, Evan McPherson over two and a half extra points because if they're going to get to 27, 28 points, you got to figure he's making three extra points. Yeah, so twenty-seven and a half total points—that's a lot. Um, you're basically asking if you're going to score four touchdowns or not. What's the total? What's the touchdown total there? Scroll down just a touch. Huh? That's interesting. Three and a half touchdowns over plus one forty five versus over twenty seven and a half points plus one hundred. Yeah, because you can get twenty seven with the field goals, you know. So it's three sure. touchdowns, two field goals, and that's kind of. I think since that twenty seven and a half shaded to the under, that's kind of what people were thinking right now. Twenty seven. Yeah, that checks out. Uh, all right, yes. Uh, forget that. I'm just going to take the Bengals minus five and a half or five, whatever. Um, I, I, I get the line movement is definitely scary. Don't care. Joe, I'm I'm back in Joe Burrow as often as I can. In these spot, in these big spots, I got a ton of Joe Burrow exposure and in, in underdog on on best ball playoff stuff too. I just think we're gonna get an, like a just an incredible performance from Burrow. Pete, I mean, you, Pete said it. Yeah, Pete predicted the Super Bowl. I think we get a. I just think we get a big performance from from Burrow. That's all. And I want to back line, Speaking What's of that? line movement, I, I was I didn't put in any best bets for this game. I was going to put in Darren Waller over fifty nine and a half receiving yards. Um, it ticked down to fifty eight and a half. So apparently, the people that are in on this early, who I, I trust more more than than myself, are on the under on that. So um, mm. I didn't want to put it in as the best bet. Um, you know, he he only had two receptions in his return last week. He was targeted nine times in the Bengals. A lot of the fifth most receiving yards to tight ends in the league. And I think in the playoffs, you want to lean on your best weapon, and he's their best weapon. So I just think he's going to get a ton of targets if he's getting double digit targets he feels like he's going to get to 60 yards so um i almost put that in as a best bet but because it started moving the other way on me i decided to just make it a lean you don't get scared of that that sharp movement rj uh there is a i want to see if what is the number of carries for these guys Ooh, josh jacob mixon is 19 and a half jacobs is 16 and a half i'm kind of intrigued by josh jacobs over rushing attempts I think the Raiders could very well try to lean on him to take the pressure off of Derek Carr. I think that's jumped up a little bit. might have been 15 and a half before. So tempted by a total over rushing attempts for Josh Jacobs. 85 and a half rush receiving yards, probably too much. What's Mixon's, Mixon uh, there. What's Mixon's rushing num- total number? 76 and a half. 70s. Oh, he's going over that. He's going over that. Yeah, I like nine, that. 19 and a half. I believe he's only been 20 carries like three times this year and only twice since week two. So that would seem like a little bit of a high number to me. I like his receiving yards number. You figure the coverage will focus on taking away Chase because he's been so dominant the last few weeks. But Mixon has, you know, been been kind of unlocked as a receiver. He had his most targets and receptions in that last game against the Chiefs before they sat everyone. And then he had his most receiving yards the week before against the Ravens. So it just seems like he's going to be involved more. And the number, I believe, is only like 18 and a half on, on receiving wow. yards. So if, if if that continues, he should get to 20 yards, I think. 
Yeah, and that's interesting, too, because all season long, Mixon has not been used as a receiver. They've had Samaje Ryan in there on third downs and in, 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 in you know, passing situations. I sort of, I mean, to your point, RJ, I wonder if the last two weeks as they, you know, sort of, you know, uh, you know, like, you know, when it's it's time to get, like, do you want to make the playoffs? What do you do? You lean on Joe Mixon, use him as a receiver. You sort of wonder if that usage with Samaj P. Ryan might drop off once they get to the playoffs. So they're like, you know what? I mean, we're in the postseason. We are putting, like, going all in on Joe Mixon instead of trying to rotate Samaj P. Ryan in there. If that is the case, then yeah, that the receiving yards for uh, Mixon at 18 and a half looks real good, as does they don't have receptions for him, though. Um, Okay. Anyway, I like that receiving yards too. All right, let's move on. We got to make sure we get a full hour with Pete here. By the way, no, let's <laughs> Patriots at the Bills Saturday night on CBS. The Bills are favored by four with an over under of forty four. We will not be getting seventy miles an hour per, seventy mile per hour wind, Pete. But it is expected to be cold and pretty nasty in Buffalo. I look, believe me, the first thing I did when this game was decided to be outside, I looked at the wind. I hate wind. I hate it. It ruins football. I hate it. That's cold, not so much. Wind ruins it. Uh, this isn't going to be ruined by this. Uh, this was a tough game for me because of the you know the Patriots and, and how they play. Here's what I came down to for me. The Patriots always take away what you do best. You can't take away Josh Allen. He does too many things. He can run. He can get outside. They play man outside. He's going to turn. They're going to turn it back. He's going to turn them into running plays and turn them into big plays. I think Buffalo uh, will handle them. And here's the other thing. Mac Jones, six touchdowns, six interceptions on the road. He hasn't been the same player on the road. The, the run defense has been better since that debacle in the wind. I think they're going to play much better in this one. I'll take Buffalo minus the points. I was leaning to Buffalo as well. Their defense hasn't fallen apart after losing Trey White. And this isn't a matchup where he'd be critical to the success either, where you need to take away top top receivers. Um, I worry about the pass offenses in the extreme cold, making it harder to catch the ball if, if people can't get their keep their hands warm. What do you think about that, Pete? Yeah, I mean, look, if it's bitter cold, yeah, you can have trouble catching the ball. But I think the way these gloves are nowadays, I mean, my God, yeah, they could they stick to them. You know, so it's not mm-hmm. nearly as it used to. Did you hear what? Uh, did you see what Diggs said? Uh, he said Josh Allen needs to start um, st- taking some zip off the ball when it gets cold because it's too hard to catch the passes. I mean, you know, he <laughs> one thing about his yeah. short passes when he throws those short passes in the cold, I wouldn't want to be catching that. Oh God, like catching with my teeth. I saw a friend of the program and a great football mind Mina Kimes had a tweet it was like what's your what's your weirdest uh or what's your most bizarre take that you believe is real and she's like the, the bills need to build a dome so they can unlock Josh Allen and because you know the, the argument generally is that um you know Josh Allen is a is an advantage for buffalo because you know he's he can throw through the wind but i think she might be onto something with the idea that you know, if if he wasn't having to throw in the wind, like his like it's not an advantage for you know if you Josh Allen is you know, like the throwing through the wind is great, but it would be even better if he didn't have to throw through the wind. RJ as a Bills fan, do you want dome Josh Allen or non-dome Josh Allen? I think having the dome takes away something about playing football in Buffalo. Um, but sure. I don't have to go to those games, so that's easy for me to say. Um, but I'm sure the players would appreciate it being being able to play in a dome when I have to play outside. 
Um, so Pete talked about taking away what Buffalo does best, and everybody would would assume that is the passing game we're talking about now. Buffalo's rushed offense has 403 yards in their last two games, and Devin Singletary's really stepped up in the last few weeks. So um, with them better running the ball and defending the run than New England, and Josh Allen being better than Mac Jones, and Isaiah Wynn didn't practice to begin in the week, I think it's really like does New England pass defense and their coaching make up the difference that that Buffalo has the edge, I think, everywhere else. And uh, I, I would lean no. That's why I'm leaning to Buffalo minus four like Pete. Um, even with Allen struggling at times, Buffalo has 27-plus points in every non-win game since week 12, throwing out that New England game. So I think it ends up something like you know 24-17 to me, and, and the Bills win. My best bet is Mac Jones under 201-and-a-half passing yards. Buffalo's defense is number one in pass yards allowed to quarterbacks by nearly 400 yards. There's not no one really close to them. And Mac had just 140 yards on 14 of 32 passing in that non-win game. So we get something similar here. He's going to come in well under. Um, and I, like I said earlier, the extreme cold conditions make me think the, the running is going to be more of a priority and drops are more likely because even with the good gloves, like, you know, single digit weather does not in Buffalo does not sound like a fun time for these receivers. So I would go Mac Jones under 201 and a half passing yards. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with that. I like, I think that, we, one. I like that one, RJ. Yeah. Uh, you know, the only downside would be is if Buffalo builds a lead and they're forced to chuck, Mac chuck it around. But even then, he might not get there. You know, turnovers and whatnot. Uh, I saw somebody was somebody had a galaxy brain hot take that was like, if Mac Jones struggles, should we see Brian Hoyer against Buffalo? I mean, but no, right? What? Yeah. I don't, no. Okay. Just just making sure. Just making sure. No. Uh, yeah, and, and you can see with RJ on that number, uh, two, 201 and a half, the under juice to minus 135. I would bet that that number keeps ticking down. Pretty low number for Josh Allen, too. 241 and a half? That is extremely low for a quarterback of his talents with those receivers, even against what's his rushing? Pass. What's his rushing number? Um, Debo all over it. Josh Allen... Oh, they don't have Josh Allen's rushing yards. They have Damian, they have Mac Jones rushing yards. It yeah, may be they because have, they don't have everything up yet, I don't think. Um yeah, with the Buffalo weird. offense. It's weird that they wouldn't have I mean, what are they waiting on? Like Zach Moss? I don't huh. know. Um, I actually think I was looking at this, the we'll talk about it a little bit, but um most rushing yards wildcard weekend. Devin Singletary, 12 to 1. We'll get into that a little bit later, but I think that's an interesting number. Uh, I am um I I want to believe that the Bills, I mean that the Patriots will win and that they will beat the Bills. It feels like one of those takes that I'm sort of wish casting it though. And that Buffalo is, as you point out, RJ, just a better team with a inferior coach, albeit one who is not bad. And I mean the the beating they put on New England. Incredible game from Josh Allen in New England to, to basically take the division just lingers in my mind. It's, it's hard to get over that. I do think New England will keep it close enough where I, they'll cover, but it's not a best bet for me. I will, however, go full-blown contrarian here and take the over as a best bet. That number is ticked wow. up. I think we see that some explosive, explosive plays in the run game and maybe some I, – I know, I know it, go, it flies in the face of what you would expect, but – if if we were to believe that this is truly a like a really low scoring Pats Bills you know January playoff game that number should be forty one not forty four so I will take the over but I will would prefer if you were betting it for you know for like 
you know, putting a wager in purposes to wait uh, as long as possible. Cause I don't think it'll keep going up. I think it'll come down maybe on game day. If we start seeing, you know, shots on the NFL today about, you know, where we're seeing all these, you know, uh, different, you know, colds in like cold scenarios, like heaters, like they're trotting out, you know, they're doing like features on how freaking cold it is. That number will come down. So uh, wait on that. I think. All right. Eagles at bucks bucks minus eight and a half over under 46 Pete. Does this qualify as a Tom Brady revenge game? Why? Because the Eagles, uh, no, I'm dead really, but because the Eagles beat him in the Super Bowl. He beat the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Didn't he have that one earlier in the year when he played him in the regular <laughs> he season? Already, he already beat him in the regular season. Uh, yeah, they beat him earlier in the year, and that game probably wasn't as close as the score. Remember, that was the game where they didn't run the ball on a Thursday night, and everybody complained and moaned. The fans were booing. And ever since then, all they've done is run the ball, and they've run it well. They're the best rushing team in the league. Tampa Bay's got a really good run defense against conventional running teams. This is not a conventional running team. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the Bucks have given up, I think it's 14 or 15 more yards per game over the course of the last three than their season average, which is very telling. They're having problems with the run. Uh, I know they're getting some guys back, but I think they're going to have issues with this run game. I think the Eagles are going to use the run game to keep it within the number. And we don't know what the Bucs are like offensively without those weapons, without Godwin there. And, and, and you know, Evans is still dinged a little bit, I think. And then you look at, at, at no Antonio Brown. Yeah, we saw him in a regular season. Let's see how they do in the postseason. So I think the Eagles stay within the number. I'm going to make the Eagles the best bet. And the Tampa rush defense hasn't been as dominant as advertised. People don't run on them because they, they're scared of them. Uh, so they face the fewest amount of rushes, but they're 12th in DVOA against the rush, 15th in yards per rush allowed. So it's not like they're, you know, this elite team, you know, defending the run uh, when you actually do run it against them. And Philly has shown that they will run it against anyone. They don't care if you're a good rush defense or not. And they've had success doing that. Tampa Bay dominated that first matchup despite the final score. Like you said, that was pre the uh, Philly offense evolution. And this is going to be a different beast facing them here. I have the Eagles as a best bet as well. My only issue is they have one win versus a team with a winning record, and that team didn't make the playoffs. That was the Saints. But the the Bucs did struggle against the Saints and the Jets lately. They handled the Panthers, but everybody handles the Panthers at this point. Um, Tampa's receivers down to Evans, plus good luck after that, Perryman and, and, and guys like that. Probably not going to matter with Brady at quarterback, but you never know. It's going to be a windy day, it looks like, and it could be a rainy day. And I think that favors how Philly plays offense as well, keeping this a closer game. So I think Philly can turn it into a lower-scoring trenches game, get the cover here at plus 8.5. So I have that as a best bet. I also have Gronk over 56.5 receiving yards as a best bet. Got 10 targets with 7 catches and 100-plus yards in each of the last two games with Tampa losing those receivers. Philly is sixth in yards allowed to tight ends and first in touchdowns allowed. So check those Gronk tight touchdown props. They weren't up when I looked uh, in terms of player touchdown props, but I think he's going to be good value on those as well. I like that. Uh, the um, the Gronk touchdown prop, they're not up yet either because I was going to ask about a Leonard Fournette touchdown prop. I've got uh, mm-hmm. Lenny. I mean, we're talking about, let's not forget, this is playoff Lenny we're talking about here. This is not regular season Lenny. This is Lombardi Lenny, self-proclaimed Lombardi Lenny. And um, if you look at his receiving yards, that is extremely intriguing to me. The 63 and a half rush yards, I don't mind either, but I think the, and I do like the over under 100 total yards or 100 and a half total yards, but 33 and a half over receiving yards. I mean, I get that that's probably right on line with, with what he's, with what he's done uh, this season, probably topped it. I think like half of the time. Um, but if you look at his playoff run last year, he went over that number in three of four of the games that the Buccaneers played. 
um, 39, 44, 19, and 46. And even in that game where he had 19 receiving yards, he had five receptions. So this is a guy that they've, you know, was dinged up with a hamstring, is brought back now, and that the Bucs love to use in the receiving game when in, in the postseason when he's healthy. And I think they held him out because they knew they had Rojo. They knew they had Keyshawn Vaughn. They felt like they could you know, get by with Leonard Fournette and let him get healthy because of how key he is to their playoff run, which is just crazy to think that, you know, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, the Jags took over to Sean Watson and, and now he's like the key to unlocking Tom Brady's postseason run. So I, I love all Lenny props, anytime touchdown. Um, RJ, what do you think Gronk anytime, Gronk and Lenny anytime touchdown will be? It's hard to say. I would say as a as a running back, Fournette is probably going to be close to even, maybe even a little little over. You're getting minus odds. Gronk will be a little bit on the plus side. I would think plus 105, plus 110, um, sure. just because he's been been su- such a dominant force the last few weeks. And typically, we see him a lot higher than that. But I just don't know who else are going to throw a dude out in the red zone besides him and Mike Evans. Um, do we want to let me and you take uh, touchdown bets? Like can I like no. can I can I take Leonard Fournette anytime touchdown at minus one twenty five or better? If you can find the book with it, I don't. I don't want to trust my hypothetical odds. Pete, yeah. will you give RJ me the bookmaker? Book? RJ, you taking action this week? <laughs> I am not. <laughs> um, I mean, I would like to make anytime Leonard Fournette touchdown a bet, but I won't. I won't if you know that's not. No, there's no odds on it. Can't, can't have it. Ooh. All right. I'll just take Leonard Fournette over 33 and a half receiving. Unless RJ's, yeah. little, unless RJ's little bookie shop he has in the back back there behind uh, <laughs> I mean, the deli. I'm sure I can find, find it on some other site. I'm, I'm sure take, you know, I'd be fine taking it, but just, just randomly taking it and assigning hypothetical odds. I don't think we should do. That's fine. Whatever. Um, Oh, Leonard Fournette. It's minus Anytime minus score, 150. Minus 150. Yeah. Wow. That's okay. That's a bit steep. Uh, Gronk, minus 105. Mike Evans, minus 110. Man. All right. I'll pass on anytime touchdown score. I will take over 33 and a half receiving yards. I actually think the Bucs could blow, blow out the Eagles. I would be fine playing. I would be fine playing Gronk minus 105. I'm not going to take it for us, but just, you know, for the listeners, I think Gronk anywhere around even is good. Okay. Uh, Debo, would you like to chime in on the fact that? Two of three of the podcast members, the, the professional expert podcast football pickers, have chosen your Eagles uh, against the spread. I'm just I'm just happy that it's at least at this point not part of the parlay, and then it's not a three person consensus because that would be bad news for me. That's well, it. You know I, I'm willing to. What else is bad news? I've decided to make the Eagles a best bet. Give me Eagles go. plus eight and a half. Let's put it in the parlay, baby. Well, here's the other thing. If they win, you don't want Debo crying again. You know, we don't need to see Oh, hi, down hard. There won't be tears after a, a super wild card win. Maybe a, made, maybe a super divisional Stetson round Bennett win. Look like he had, you make Stetson Bennett look like he had dry eyes. <laughs> oh, oh. I like Pete coming on just dunking. Debo, Debo actually referenced that he – Pete, do you know what jersey Debo was wearing? when he was weeping openly and publicly and filming himself weeping after the Eagles beat the Bucs, beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I'm trying to remember. Pete, I'll give you a hint. It was a first-round pick from the 1990s. A notable first-round pick for the team. That's just... Uh, he excelled uh, at the NFL Combine. Big Combine guy. Uh, Mike Mamula? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good guess. I mean, it's easy guess once you say Combine. 
Yes. Uh, Debo will be wearing his. Know, but he probably has like you probably had to take it to the dry cleaner about twelve times to get all those tears off. Of salty, salty discharge. Salty tears. Under, it's like all mangy. Looks like he's been no crying. There's no crying in football, Debo. You can't cry over victories and losses. Pete, it was their first Super Bowl. I'm crying. I don't crying. care if it was the first Super Bowl they won in 500 years. You can't cry. I cried. I don't regret it. <laughs> Aren't, don't you wish Pete was your father, Diva? Um, <laughs> he probably cried I too. I checked, if you raised him. <laughs> I checked another book on on the touchdown props. I got C4 net minus 135 at another book in Gronk plus 125. So if you can get, since I think somebody in the chat mentioned Gronk at plus 130, if you get kind of plus 125, plus 130, I would run and grab that on Gronk now. Yeah, I see. Uh, if you see, I like Fournette. My, yeah, Gronk plus one thirty. I love uh, Fournette anytime touchdown minus one twenty five. I would absolutely bet as well. So take that for what it's worth. All right, moving along. Eagles are part of the parlay, though. Just despite Debo, Forty ers at the Cowboys. Slime time, baby. This game is on CBS as well, also on Paramount Plus, and on Nickelodeon. Pete, I know you'll be watching the Nickelodeon version to see who gets slimed first jimmy garoppolo or mike mccarthy i know that this innovative television experience watching uh slime splash all over your television is exactly what you want when you're watching football cowboys minus three over under 51 also over under number of times that pete complains about people tweeting about the slime game is uh set at four and a half no i look you enjoy the game any way you want to um but i'm gonna enjoy the game <laughs> like i normally do would you say that if it was on Fox? I don't do what you want to do. I don't care where you watch it. I, the, watch, the, I watch uh, different games. I saw some odds they're putting uh, Will Pete Prisco watch the Nickelodeon broadcast of the game or the regular broadcast of the game. Nickelodeon was at, I think, plus 10,000, 100 to 1. <laughs> 5 million to 1. I don't have children and I never have children. I promise you I won't be watching the Nickelodeon one. But if you have kids, you should let your kids watch it. I think it's a good thing for them. Uh, maybe you'll get, you know, grow up and to be good fans. See, when I was a kid and I was that age, I would have watched the real broadcast because I was playing pro draft and picking my teams and everything else and playing every football game imaginable. But there's a lot of kids who aren't football fans yet, so try and draw them in. I get it. I understand it. I'll be watching it on the conventional broadcast, and I can't wait to watch it because this is one of my favorite picks, by the way. I love the 49ers. I think the 49ers are going in and winning. They're not just going to cover the number. They win the game outright. I love San Francisco. I, I think their defense – and I, I, I'm going to send out a – uh, I have we did spinning top of the week and the the Rams offensive line was spinning top of the week and our guy uh, guys put it together in the in the film room there when I gave him the plays I'm gonna send that out on Twitter you cannot believe how bad uh, how good the 49ers defensive line was and how bad the Rams offensive line was they dominate I think they're gonna be able to dominate here I think they're gonna limit the Cowboys in the run game I think they're gonna get after Dak Prescott and I think offensively if we go back to the Broncos game what did the Broncos do they rammed it down their throat. And I think that's what they're going to do in this game. The Cowboys have, are a little defense. They have problems with teams that run the football. I love the 49ers here. Give me the 49ers plus the three. I also got them in, as a teaser, so I'll take the nine as well. Yeah, I, I wanted to put the 49ers in as a best bet. It's just because of the juice, it looks like it might tip to three and a half. I'm waiting and hoping that we can get three and a half at some point before I get that in because I love the 49ers as well. They played well down the stretch after getting healthy. Seven and two with three wins over playoff teams. Their defense has held four straight opponents under 300 net yards 
only one of the last nine opponents has had 100 rushing yards. So I don't think we're going to set up for a good day for Zeke Elliott here. Dallas beat up on bad or not trying NFC East teams down the stretch. They're probably not as good as they look scoring 56 points against these teams. Um, it'll be up to the Dallas defense to create turnovers here because I think San Fran should be able to move the ball. I think these are probably pretty even teams. And because home field isn't worth three to me, um, you know, I think there's a value with San Fran at plus three. But like I said, get it at plus three and a half. Key might also be Trent Williams. He missed week 18. If he's out, that Dallas pass rush could run a little bit more wild and make things tougher for Jimmy G. Um, so I'm just a lean on San Fran. Hopefully we can get a better number. My best bet for this game is my MVP of the game, Debo Samuel, going over 28 and a half rushing yards. Went over this number in all but one game since his role changed back in week 10. And Shanahan should want to establish him as a runner early to slow down the pass rush, um, you know, and keep keep the, the Dallas pass rush thinking we got to cover this guy coming out of the backfield. You know, we, we can't get too much over, uh, you know, go after Jimmy G as much as we want to. So um, I think he goes over this number and he's named the, the second MVP ever um, and joins a heralded list with Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, that's a kind of a low number, 28 and a half. I, is it, do you think it's because they, um, is it because Kyle Shanahan sort of phased him out a little bit or is it just an average? What's, what's the deal with that prop? It's, it's slightly less that he's had a few, like right around 30, just a slightly over 30. So I think they're playing for the, okay, Dallas will scheme to take him away because he's their best weapon. And, you know, San Fran will have to respond in a game where San Fran was, isn't expected to be running away with this one like they were maybe some of the other games they played, like I said, seven and two in their last last nine. Um, so so if the game plan, is, or if the, the game script is San Fran is behind, they probably have to throw more. So um, that might be one reason why this number is a little lower. But, you know, he's been doing this almost every week, like I said, so I think he gets there. Uh, yeah, and I, I had heard fairly, uh, as I understand it, I think that there are people that are hammering Dallas right now. That's why you see that juice sort of moving. Obviously, you know, the books don't really want to make it three and a half because that's a lot more attractive to people who like San Francisco. I love San Francisco. They're, I picked him to win the Super Bowl before the season. Trent Williams needs to be healthy here. Need to get him back. I expect him to be back, though. I think he sat out that week week 18 game, even though it was a most a must-win game, knowing that they could uh, get into the play. They had multiple outs to get into the playoffs. Um, if he's back, this should be a dominant rushing performance from the 49ers. I'm curious, Pete. This is not a this is not a revenge question. I'm, I'm legitimately curious if you think there is a like because Kyle Shanahan and Dan Quinn worked together in Atlanta. Like, do you think that that matters at all from a like a, a you know sort of ga like game plan like you know you you know what guys like to do is there an advantage built in there? Well, Dan Quinn's actually changed the way he plays defense. Yeah, it's more man than, the, than the cover three. Yeah, right? it's not the same as it used to be. So it's hard to you know you can't really gauge that. I do know this much: if the 49ers have the ball late and they're winning by six, I bet they don't throw it if they're in their in their inside <laughs> field goal range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's and Dan friend. Quinn would be like, throw it, throw it, throw it. You did me once, now throw it again. <laughs> no. Throw it to Trevon Diggs, damn so, it. Kyle Shanahan is a great coach in, when it comes to scheming things up and doing the right things. And I think sometimes in his career, his arrogance got the best of him, and that was one of those moments. But I think he's fantastic at what he does. Yeah, I, I – um... The Cowboys' defense has been a revelation, and Dan Quinn's done a great job. But this 49ers offense, when it's cooking at like maximum juice, is really tough to stop when you're running Debo on the jet sweeps. And by the yeah. way, just an FYI, because I know he's the hot, he's a hot name out there on the Mike McDaniel. 
I had a really nice conversation at this at this uh, combine one year with Mike McDaniel about why they should why they should have run the ball three times and kicked the field goal. And he oh, tried boy. to play the analytics game with me and this and that and everything else. Um, so I bet that went well. I'm one and zero on Mike McDaniel. <laughs> <laughs> I like old Mike McDaniel. I um, do too. Mike's Mike's yeah. smart man. He's a bright kid. He, he's yeah. he's smart. He's he, I, I'm impressed with Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan. I love the way they play. I'm telling you, if I was running an offense, I'd put that offense in. Oh, for, yeah. Do you think there's any chance Mike McDaniel leaves for a head coaching job? I mean, he's pretty. He's still pretty young, right? I mean, I, don't get me wrong. He's like, young. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen this year. But yeah. uh, the fact that he's getting in the mix is a good thing for Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel's smart, man. He, yeah, he's, I'm just saying, like, I don't know if I don't know if Mike McDaniel needs to take the Giants' job. Is what I'm saying. Like. It, you it, get an opportunity to take a job. You take the job. Okay. I mean, you take the job, and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to fix it. That's my mentality. I want it. I want give me give me give me your job. I want it. I want the job. I'm going to fix your team. I can't do any worse. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I do want the Giants job. I take that back. Um, I, of all the jobs, of all the jobs, what's the most attractive job? Uh, I ranked the uh, Jaguars as the most attractive again. It is the most attractive job because of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, you got the quarterback and you got draft capital and you got the most money to spend. It's by yeah. far the most attractive job. It's not a oh, legacy franchise like the Giants or the Bears, but it's a. There's also the media. Attractive. I mean, the, the Jacksonville media for years has just been soft. I mean, just a bunch of old, like tan, you know, retirees down there covering. Well, I know the team. who wasn't soft. Ask Tom Coughlin <laughs> if I was soft. Hey, let me ask you this. I heard there's a rumor. I don't know if you, I know that you know, um, you know, these teams pretty well, but I heard a rumor that Byron Leftwich if he got a head coaching job, would want Adrian Wilson, former uh, former NC State st- standout and Cardinals standout and VP of pro personnel with the Cardinals uh, as his GM. Have you heard anything to that? And vice versa. Oh, so if, oh, so if Wilson gets a job, he wants Leftwich. That's what I've heard, yeah. Ooh. And I've, I've known both those guys for Why a long time. Just get rid of Trent Balky and get those guys in oh, there. They should. Be- they should. Oh, my I've God. I've known both those guys a, a long time. I don't know if Byron wants to go back to Jacksonville. He had bad experience there. The fans were brutal on him. I mean, brutal. Oh, that's that's it was, true. It was not a good look. Not a good look. Um, but I, I think Byron's going to be a great coach. I think Adrian Wilson's going to be really good um, as a personnel guy. I mean, he's been he's rocking with Adrian for years. I got I got this. I'm going to fess up on something I did. I think I told you this story though, Brinson. Years ago, we had the Pro Bowl team released to us before. It was announced, and I told him. I called him and told him because I knew him for years. And he goes, "I can't." I go, "You can't tell anybody." I go, "He said, can I tell my mom?" I go, "You can tell your mom." Oh, that's so cool. So he got in. You, he was his first one. Yeah. No, yeah that's cool. That's him. cool. So you called him and you're like, "Hey, like, just yeah. FYI." Yeah. I mean, but he was pumped. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. Uh, I, he's one of my favorite guys. Have been around the league. Um, RJ, are you on the Niners too? Or are we not putting the Niners in the parlay? Yeah, I like the Niners. I think we're going to get a better number. So that's why I didn't put it as a best bet. But if you want to take it at three, if you guys really like it, I'm fine throwing that in. All right. So we got wow. Eagles. Oh, we got Eagles plus eight and a half. Niners plus three. I love some NFC dogs barking here. I'm a bark. I'm barking this weekend, by the way. I'm doing a lot of barking. I just got to run over and uh, take the Cowboys on Sportsline before it moves up to three and a half now, now that we have it in the parlay. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's take a break. When we come back, Ben Roethlisberger sandbagging once again will it work in the playoffs we'll tell you next 
The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Steelers at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are minus 12 and a half. This has ticked down a full point over under 46 and a half. Let me find this Ben Roethlisberger quote. It was something to the effect of, he said, we don't have a chance. I would assume as a group, you understand, he's talking to reporters, you and this is via Brooke Pryor, love Brooke Pryor, of uh, ESPN. I would assume as a group, you understand that we probably aren't supposed to be here. We probably are not a very good football team. Out of 14 teams I think are in, we're probably number 14. We're probably a 20 point, we're probably 20 point underdogs and we're going to, we're going to the number one seed, the number one team. I know they're not the number one seed, obviously, but they're the number one team that has won the AFC the last two years, arguably the best team in football. We don't have a chance. So let's just go in and play and have fun. Oh man. I am having a hard woe, time. Woe is me. Woe is me. Give me a break. When Ben starts doing this, he's like, he's due for some sort of magical Ben game that you just didn't think he had in that crusty old uh, pillow of a body. What do you think, Pete? It's not as crusty and pillowish as it used to be. He's got in better shape. Oh, remember, remember um, before the season when it was leaked out, it's like Ben's, Ben's, on, Ben's on a better diet than Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. But, but, you know, the helium balloon he threw for the first down on fourth down last week. <laughs> it was in the air for about six weeks. Um, I, I, was, I was arguing that, like, d- defenses couldn't catch up to Ben because it's like he's going to – the passes are too slow. So defensive backs are like <laughs> – they're not used to it. They're moving amazing. so slow. But he stood in there. He had Calais Campbell in his face. You got to give him – that's one thing about Ben Roethlisberger. He'll stare, stare down the barrel, man. He ain't going to back away from it. I love that about him, and he never has. Um, I think the Steelers are a play here. I think they're going to go in there and play hard and tough. I really do. Mike Tomlin's too good a coach. They'll be ready for this. And here's the other thing. The Steelers' number one weakness all year has been against the run. The Chiefs, if they run the ball, then you, you're beating them already in terms of strategy. You want them running the ball. So go ahead, run the ball. Uh, and, and I think that's going to hurt the Chiefs if they do that. Um, and they've been reluctant to do it a lot of the time, too. So I, I think – Pittsburgh's going to play hard, tough, physical, hang around in the game. They're not going to win the game, 
but they're going to hang around in this game. I know it was a couple weeks ago they got blown out, but this they had some guys out there, and I think they're going to be better in this one. I'll take I'll take uh, Pittsburgh at the points here. Yeah, the Chiefs' defense has not looked great the last few weeks after seemingly oh. getting it together midseason. They gave up 190-plus rush yards to the Chargers and the Broncos, 415 pass yards to the Bengals. So these teams are, are kind of doing what they want to do against this defense. And Casey dominated Pittsburgh in Week 16, like you said. They generated three turnovers in that game. So if they're able to do that again, it might be a runaway here. But if Steelers protect the ball, I mean, we've seen crazier things. You just don't see these lines this big in the playoffs. And when you do, you it seems like just as often you get an upset as you do a cover you know you get like beast quake i think was a was a 10 or 11 point game in that one um so uh the chiefs offense has been willing to run the ball down the stretch a little more and the steelers defense is 32nd in yards per rush a lot i wanted to go with edwards a over i just don't know how much they lean on him so i think the chiefs running game will do well in this game but i couldn't play the edwards a prop because i don't know if it's going to be necessarily him for 15 carries or whether he's split in time with with williams so i can't take chiefs laying this many points knowing what happens in the playoffs so i would lean pittsburgh plus 12 and a half but considering how that that offense has looked, I'm not in a rush to play it. Juju Smith-Schuster was designated to return off the the injured reserve, so I guess there's a chance that we see him in this game. That would be at least some kind of help for that offense, you know, giving them another another receiving game weapon. So we'll see if he can come back in this game. But I'm I'm like Pete. I'm leaning to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I lean towards Pittsburgh as well. Look, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I thought I I may have even picked the Chiefs on the site, but I'm going to change it because. When Big Ben says something like, like, I mean, I'm telling you, you can just bet on the Steelers if you listen to what Big Ben is saying publicly or leaking out. Everyone thinks the Chiefs are going to roll them. These teams played earlier in the year. The Chiefs absolutely slaughtered the Steelers. Pittsburgh has looked terrible for most of the year. They don't, they are probably the worst playoff team. Maybe, I I guess you could argue the Raiders, but I mean, no one wants to bet on the Steelers or Big Ben, and I don't blame them. But when Ben comes out and says, we don't have a chance, I guess we'll just go have fun and play. Ben is going to have an epic Ben game. He's going to play awesome. And the Steelers might win. I'm telling you, man. I'm, They're not going to win. They might win. They keep it within a touchdown. Money line. Put them in the money line, man. Money line parlay. Ready? Steelers, 49ers, Eagles. Ooh, man, you're getting don't don't do that to Debo. Let's see. 310 for the Eagles, plus 140 for the Niners, plus 550. That pays out 63 to 1. So just put a little hundo on it. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. No. Put our paychecks on it. Uh no. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet it. I'm gonna because I can't I can't do it locally, but I can do it um on a different site. We'll see what I get on here. Let's see. I'll take I got 320 for the Eagles. Plus one thirty-five for the Niners. Plus five fifty for the Steelers. Sixty-three to one. What should I put on it? Fifty. Whatever. A seven for a Ben Roethlisberger. (laughs) Seventy-seven dollars for bid. No, put uh, yeah, put fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. What will that pay? That will pay three thousand six hundred dollars. I mean, now I have to do it, obviously. Yeah, if you win that, I'll, I'll be expecting uh, fifteen hundred in the mail. Uh, I will. I will or, tip you out. Or when I see you at the Super Bowl, I'll give you a fifteen hundred dollar beat. Well, I think you owe me fifty dollars for the FFT league. So, no, I don't. I mine's paid. Oh, you already paid. Oh, good. I wasn't even going to ask you because I knew that your response was going to be, "Why don't you can get it from me at the Super Bowl?" So no, I'm I'm paid. I'm, Roan has mine. I'm paid up. So it sounds like we're making Steelers the third leg of the parlay, right? All right. I just bet Pretty, that parlay. 
pretty easy parlay for everybody to remember all the underdogs on the Sunday. We're just taking all three underdogs on Sunday and that, that's our parlay. All right. Sounds like good. It. Perfect. Love it. Um, so Steelers plus 12 and a half. And I think you want to get that now. I would guess it ticks down closer to 10 before it goes up to 14, you know, like it probably, just, it'll probably end up sitting in that range. But I think I'm telling you, man, when Ben starts saying stuff like that, you better believe that he is, he's not just going to, Show up 37 to three late in the game, and Ben has four touches, four interceptions. And I'll be like, Well, never mind. Those those fourth quarter comebacks make it respectable. It'll be 37 three with like five minutes left in the third quarter, and the game will end up 37 27, and we'll get a cover. (laughs) That's right. That's that is how Ben will pull it off, too. Cardinals at the Rams, the final game Monday, Super Wild Card weekend. It'll come super because you add a Monday night football game to it, the first ever, I believe, Wild Card weekend. Monday night football game, Cardinals at the Rams. The Rams are minus four with a total of 49 and a half. Pete, this screams scoring points. Monday night football, primetime, NFC West. You taking the over, the under? What do you got here? I can't wait until the NFL makes it super wild card week and they take one game on each day and just play it out. I mean, they wouldn't be surprised. No, uh, I like Arizona in this game. I, I think it's – I really like the under. And, in fact, Arizona is the second part of my teaser. I tease them. Uh, that's part of my teaser best bet. So I have Arizona along with San Francisco. But I like the the under is, is a best bet. I think these two offensive lines are really struggling, really struggling, both of them. And I, I told you about the Rams, but the Cardinals haven't been much better, and their offense has been dormant uh, aside from the Cowboys game. They haven't been very good. And I think they're going to struggle in this game. Uh, and I think the Rams are going to struggle to move the football. A lot of those different looks, that, that Rams offensive line, they can't handle them. Uh, the Cardinals went there and won earlier in the season. I know the Rams won at their place. But I think this is going to be a close game. But I'm going to take the Cardinals in the teaser as one of my best bets, close it out with the 49ers, and I'm going to take the under as the best bet. I think this is a low-scoring game. I would lean to the Cardinals as well at plus four. Both offenses don't look right. You know, Stafford keeps throwing awful picks, and Arizona seems like they're missing Hopkins in addition to those line issues you were talking about. Arizona's offense is putting up yardage, though, before the Seattle game. They were averaging 400-plus yards in their previous four games, so they actually are moving the ball. They're just not putting the points on the board. Jordan Fuller is a big loss for the Rams defense. I can't see Eric Weddle coming off the couch and being competent and being what they need for this this game. It's, it's It seems too storybook to happen. I would figure – Brinson would be all over again and name him the MVP of the playoffs or something. That seems like right up his narrative alley. Uh, but that's, MVP. Brinson, that valuable. <laughs> Brinson, most MVP. valuable narrative. MVN, most valuable narrative. Um, Arizona's <laughs> defense has also struggled since the bye. The 27.3 points per game allowed, including 30 to 23 loss to the Rams at home, which you were talking about. Uh, turnovers have dried up for Arizona since that week 13 Chicago game, but maybe Stafford can help there. It seems like he wants to throw a pick on his side of the field every game at this point. If we get that one bad pick on the Rams side of the field again, I think Arizona wins this game outright. Um, I'm a lean Arizona right now. I would also look to the Rams receiver touchdown props. I, I saw OBJ plus 140 at one site. Um, Arizona's allowed 30 pass touchdowns. 27 have been to receivers. The next worst in the league was 23 and then 21. So they're pretty healthy margin above everyone else at giving up touchdowns to receivers. So I think uh, Beckham gets a touchdown there. Getting him at decently plus odds is, uh, is something you would like, you know, you would like to do. But because it's because it's such a big, you know, plus odd number, I'm not going to put it in as a best bet or anything. But I would encourage you to go take that. The goons on social media love to come after Matthew Stafford, and just like you two, I know you two are itching for Stafford to throw a pick so you can laugh about it. Jared Stafford. I like Stafford. Everybody I likes like to Stafford. be like Jared. Everybody likes to call Stafford Jared Goff. 
like a rich man. Well, by the way, played better down the stretch than Matt Stafford did. Jared Goff has played very well this year, actually. It's very surprising. Um, credit to Jared Goff for it. Uh, look, Matthew Stafford, 0-3 in the playoffs. That's going to come up a lot, I'm sure. Uh, only Obviously, only went to three playoff games. But, I mean, his first two had over 300 yards uh, playing with the Lions. They lost 28-45 to the Saints back in 2012, 20-24 to the Cowboys, tough loss in 2015. And then he laid a total egg in 2017 uh, at Seattle, 26-6, beat down no picks no interceptions in that game he does have i think four total turnovers in three playoff games which is not ideal um he also has four touchdown passes that you know, two fumbles uh, three picks no, five five excuse me five total turnovers um i think he has a big game here i think you of know, course you do you think he's well, going to the whole thing i think he's going to hall of fame when he wins the super bowl this year um the look i i the line four stinky begging you to take the cardinals this Cardinals team that struggled down the stretch. Stafford at least has playoff experience. Sean McVay has tons of playoff experience. Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, no playoff experience. I'm going to err on the side of experience and uh, lean into my bias here for the Rams and for Matthew Stafford. Huge game for Stafford. I'll take over passing yards, over touchdown passes, and uh, the Rams roll the Cardinals in this spot. That is my pick. Oh, good. Diva. Yeah, check the uh, – Oh, they don't have uh, Stafford. Oh, please. 275 and a half for Stafford over to the moon. I thought it was going to be like 290. Yeah, 275 and a half. Easy over. All right. Let's talk about some wild card props. So on Caesars currently, you can go to the, the schedule or whatever, the NFL schedule, and you can see most rushing yards for wild card weekend, most passing yards for wild card weekend, highest scoring team, lowest scoring team. You may not have it in front of you, but I will give you some quick numbers. Uh, Joe Mixon, the favorite at five to one for most rushing yards. Eli Mitchell, six to one. Najee Harris, seven to one. You can see him now. Debo's got him uh, putting him up on the screen as well. Josh Jacobs, 10. Damian Harris, 12. Leonard Fournette, 12. Zeke Elliott, Devin Singletary, 12. Ramondre Stevenson, 18. Sonny Michelle, Cam Akers, 20. Miles Sanders, 22. Daryl Williams, Jalen Hurts, Tony Pollard, Kyler Murray, James Connor. And Josh Allen, 25. Do any of those numbers intrigue you, Pete, when you think about somebody who might lead wildcard weekend in terms of rushing yards? Joe Mixon. At five five to one. I mean, he's a favorite, but I, I like the number. I mean, five to one is not bad for a favorite in that spot. No, I like Joe Mixon. I think he's a okay. big day. RJ, any thoughts on rushing yards? Yeah, rushing? I was looking at either Devin Singletary or Leonard Fournette, both at 12 to 1. And I, I went with Fournette, playoff Lenny. Should get the bulk of the running back work, even in his first game off, off IR. Windy conditions and Bucks receiver situation, I think, needs plenty of rushing for Tampa. Um, and if you do believe that it's going to be a, a Tampa cover type of game and they win running away, uh, that also favors him having a big day. Fournette's two 100 yard days came in the three games prior to his injury. So he was ramping up and, and looking like a, a big part of the rushing attack before he suffered that injury. So if they get back to that against the Eagles um, in, in what could be bad weather conditions, I think he has a good chance of putting up a, a 100-yard day and having a shot at this. I agree with that analysis of Leonard Fournette completely. Uh, Devin Singletary would have been – would be I'll pick Devin Singletary for the sake of being different. Um, you know, New England is susceptible to the run, and the Bills have shifted the way that they utilize their running back. Singletary has sort of morphed into their feature back, and I think it's surprising given how – you know, they were sort of hesitant to let him be the guy down the stretch. They, they leaned on him big time. So I agree with you. I like, I, I like Mixon too. And I think with Mixon particularly, you could get, you know, if the Bengals blow out the Raiders 
and mix in rushes for a buck 50 on Saturday afternoon. It'd be a fun, it's sort of like a first round leader sweat where you get in the clubhouse with a big number and you get to sweat it out all weekend and through Monday. Um, but I'll take uh, Fournette and uh, I like Fournette and, and Singletary is a little bit more longer shots. Most passing yards, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, four to one, Patrick Mahomes plus 450, Stafford, six to one, Joe Burrow, seven and a half, Derek Carr, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, 14, Jimmy G, 16, Big Ben, 20, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, 40 to one. Any thoughts on most passing yards here, Pete? What is Josh Allen's numbers? He is 14 to one for most passing yards. Uh, that's, I would take him. It's a good bet. I mean, 14 to one, the odds are, that's good odds for him. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the best quarterback in the playoffs is 14 to one. RJ. Yeah, I thought about him too. I went with Kyler Murray at 14 to one. Only 300 yard games since week three came against the Rams in week 14. He had 49 pass attempts, 383 yards. It feels like a game where he's going to have to throw a lot to, if, if the Rams are playing even decently well on offense. Rams allowed a 300-yard passer in four of their seven games since the bye. The only ones they didn't were against Jacksonville, which, of course, you're not going to do that. And typically, Baltimore with Tyler Huntley, he didn't. And then Seattle with Russell Wilson before they they kind of hit their stride at the end of the year. Um, perfect conditions for passing in SoFi, obviously. It's not going to be the case for some of these outdoor games, which w- which kind of leans me away from taking Allen and um, and guys like Brady. So I think taking 14-1 to 1 in, in, you know, in the indoor stadium here for Murray is, is the right way to go. Yeah, I think an indoor look is probably the way to go. Jimmy G, uh, and I know, like I know, we all picked the 49ers, so this is kind of contrary or contrary to what we think will happen. If the Cowboys are able to um, keep, you know, get a lead and force the Niners into a game script that they don't want, I think it's possible that Jimmy Garoppolo is forced to throw the ball a ton. And if that happens, he could easily get, you know, end up leading the league and leading leading Wild Card Week in passing. So I don't hate 16 to one. I, I like the uh, I like the Murray and Allen calls as well. Um, all right, we'll get out of here with highest scoring team. Who scores the most points wildcard weekend? I have um, San Francisco plus 10, you know, plus 1,000, 10 to 1. We like it's the highest total of the weekend uh, in that game. And I think we, yeah, they have a real shot of winning the game, as we all said. Only other potential candidate for me is Arizona at 15 to 1. I thought was pretty decent value too. But San Fran is my pick at 10 to 1. Who's going to be the highest scoring team in the weekend? The Chiefs are the favorite, followed by the Bucks, Rams, and Bengals around five to one. Cowboys eight to one. Niners ten to one. Bills. Chiefs Chiefs are plus three seventy five. They're they're plus. They're the favorite, huh? Yeah. I didn't think they'd be the favorite. Um, Who's in that 10 10 to one range with the RJs? Uh. 49ers 10, Bills 12, Cardinals 15, Raiders 22, Eagles 25, Pats 25, Steelers 40. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do any of them. I I, I would take um, – I'll take – what's I Buffalo, like 10 to 1? Buffalo is uh, think, 12 to 1. I don't think that game's going to score a lot of points, though. I, I'll, yeah. take, I'll take a flyer on the Raiders. How about that? Ooh, 22 to 1 for the Raiders. I don't think they're going to win the game, but the, the odds are, make me look at that one because – um, just a flyer. I don't love. I like the I like the Forty ers as well. Don't hate the Cardinals fifteen to one. Just don't take anything under ten to one. I mean, those are the favorites, but so you're expecting them to score. And then it's kind of inverse, right? The Steelers are three to one to be the lowest scoring team. Chiefs are thirty five to one. Uh, you know, you're sort of picking. I mean, I, I don't really want to bet against any of these good offenses. Cardinals what's, what's, eight. Uh, what is the? I was going to ask. What are the Rams and Cardinals? Because I think one of those is going to be lower scored. 
20 to one for the Rams, eight and a half to one for the Cardinals. That is, I would, I would take a flyer on the Rams. Rams lowest scoring team in the wildcard weekend, 20 to one. All right. Take a flyer on the Rams. That's good odds. How dare you? Uh, RJ, your thoughts. I was looking at the Raiders plus 700. I know Pittsburgh is a favorite, but Kansas City defense taking a step back on the stretch, like I said. So I wouldn't be surprised if they scored a few more points than we we thought. Vegas had, I think, averaging 16 points per game over their five-game stretch before they they lit up the Chargers. But that's a draining win, overtime win, emotional, quick turnaround. Offense mostly struggled in the second half of the year. So I could see a situation where they're only scoring, you know, 13 points in that game. Um, I don't think it's likely, but but of these options, I think plus 700 for the Vegas. Vegas is probably the best value. I can't take the Rams at 20 to one. I like the Cowboys at 18 to one. I think that'd be pretty crazy. Cowboys just lay a total egg. It seems almost impossible. So, I mean, maybe don't bet it, but uh, yeah, the, uh, I don't know. I mean, Bill, Bill's at 10 to one and, you know, crazier things have happened than Bill Belichick figuring out a, what we think is a, an elite offense and in the playoffs. So, you know, and what, and lower scoring, lower, lower total, um, if Belichick shows up in that game and schemes something up and Bill's going to run into that game with nine points, you know, like they have in the playoffs and, before. Well, and I mean, you could see a situation where the, you know, the, the pass are just running the hell out of the ball, playing keep away and Buffalo is unable to pass. I mean, you know, heck, I mean, look, I mean, obviously no one wants a player to get hurt, but, you know, Josh Allen is going to run the ball a bunch probably in this game. You, you know, could take some shots. I don't see him getting hurt, but, you know, I don't, I don't hate the Bills at 10 to 1 either. All right. That's it for Wild Card Weekend with the best bets and our picks. As a reminder, the parlay is all of the underdogs on Sunday. So you got the uh, Eagles plus eight and a half, Steelers plus 12 and a half. Niners plus three, and we have a $57 money line parlay on the three of them. If it hits, I mean, I'll still show up to the podcast. It's not that much money, but we will have a heated debate about how much I owe Pete Prisco for, <laughs> for that parlay hitting. Pete will claim $1,500. I will generously give 5% to each of you if that parlay hits, and then you will have to debate whether or not I owe you more money and try and beat it out of me at the Super Bowl. Pete's what, best if, that hits, if that hits, whatever you owe me, you can give it to a charity. How about that? Oh, I like it. Uh, <laughs> Pete's picks, Pete's best bets. Raiders plus five and a half. Eagles plus eight and a half. 49ers plus three. Steelers plus 12 and a half. Cardinals, Rams under 49 and a half. And a teaser with the 49ers and the Cardinals. RJ's picks, best bets. Philly plus eight and a half. Mac Jones under 201 and a half passing yards. Gronk over 56 and a half receiving yards. And Debo Samuel over 28 and a half rushing yards. Brinson's best bets. I have the Bengals minus five and a half. I guess I, I, I guess I'm taking the Eagles too. Fournette, Leonard Fournette over 30, 33 and a half receiving yards. 49ers. I'm putting two bets on the 49ers. I want 49ers plus three and 49ers money line. That's right. I also have a best bet on the Steelers plus 12 and a half. And that is all of my best bets, I think. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take the Rams too. Okay. So those are my best bets. Those are y'all's best bets. That's the show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Smash that like button. Tell us in the comments what your favorite bet for the weekend is. Subscribe, rate, and review for RJ and Pete. I'm Brinson. We will see you guys later. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. 
Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. 